Our study leader, Dave Wurtson, continues our study on Respect the Architect, talking about wind control. Do you ever get afraid as a powerful wind and thunderstorm begins its assault? Listen. How many of you kids got a little bit afraid last night? Come on, be honest. How many of you adults got a little bit afraid last night? They'll be more honest. When you watch those big thunderstorms rolling in, it's a little bit scary. You know what? You ought to be afraid of that. That's an unbelievable force. It's an unbelievable power, the power of the wind. And Augur asked a very important question. Who wrapped up, who wrapped up, has gathered up the wind in the hollow of his hands? That's how big God is. He can gather the wind in his hands. The third question. Who has wrapped up the waters in his cloak? What a phrase. Can you imagine? And some of you that have been out to sea, can you imagine that? He just takes the waters, the raging storm to the sea, and it's like he takes off his cloak, his outer garment, puts it all up in his cloak, wraps up the seas, the waters in his cloak. And then it closes this, these series of questions. Who has established all the ends of the earth? In other words, where did this earth come from? What the writer's really been asking about is who created this world that we live in? Where did it come from? Who's the author of it? Who's the creator? Who spoke the word and there was heavens? Who spoke the word and the seas that were all over the earth retreated to their places and allowed the continents to come back. The Augur is writing very beautiful poetic literature reminding us about the beginning. He says, who calmed the wind? Who established the foundations of the earth? Who laid the foundations of the earth? You see, those are the questions you need to have answered. Even if you're an evolutionist, what about matter and energy? Where did that come from? You see, evolution doesn't really give you a beginning. It tells you about all these forces that might have been at work and they explain a lot of things through natural forces. But it doesn't really help us with the really big questions. What about the beginning? Where did it all come from? Where did you come from? Every single one of you have a personality. You're not a machine. You're different than that wall over there. You're even different than the animals you have for pets. Every one of you think, you feel, and you decide. You know, science might try to convince you in biochemistry class that you're just a great big bag of chemicals. That never really went over too well in class. Because we had guys that right in the middle of biochemistry class would look across the room and fall unbelievably in love and want to talk to a girl after class. And boy, they were a whole lot more than just a bag of chemicals. And you couldn't explain it all just with hormonal thrust through their body. You know, even Carl Sagan, it's unbelievable. In Cosmos, he says the cosmos, that all that is, ever will be, or ever, ever was, or ever will be, or ever is. But in his novel Contact, he does have a religionist that asks this question. Can you explain your personality? Can you explain the fact that you can love? Where did you get the ability to be a person? It only stands to reason that there must be an ultimate person out there. Where did you get the ability to love, to care, 
You know, why does a mother hold a little baby in their arm and cherish that little baby? Why aren't we just like animals that you can take a puppy away from a mother dog and 10 minutes later they, they, they don't even remember? Take a baby away from one of our mothers and you'll have one of the greatest tragedies. In fact, our whole church would, would cry and weep and wail over that. Where did you get that ability to care? Did it just come from an ultimate it? Those are the questions Augur is raising. What he's saying is, in our own human understanding, we can't get the ultimate answers. But you know, Augur was a wise man. He wasn't like Carl Sagan, that had just a lot of knowledge, but boasted about all the answers he had. Augur realized he didn't have the answers to the biggest questions you could ever, ever ask. You know what the really big question is? The really big question isn't, what's the ultimate point in the universe? What controls the wind? You know what the ultimate question is? What's the name of God? A name is something that characterizes him, that will give us some understanding of what he's really like. And Augur says here in verse 4, he says, what is his name? The name of the one who has gone to the highest heaven, who has gathered the wind in the hollow of his hands, who wrapped up the waters. What is his name? And then I want you to get this. This is in the Old Testament. Way back in the Old Testament. Look, he says, what is the name? And what is the name of his son? Tell me if you know. You know, that's a wise man. You know, that's a question I like every single one of you. You've got to find the answer to that question. What's the name of the Creator? And then what's the name of his son? Now, where are we going to get the answers to those questions? Can the rational scientific method give you the answer to those questions? Can philosophy give you the answer to those questions? No. To be honest with you, if that's all we had, I couldn't answer those questions. Because personally, I don't believe that man will ever live long enough I don't think that man's intellect is brilliant enough. I don't think that man is capable of really finding the answer in his own human power to what is the name of God and what's the name of his son. And so if we closed with those verses, the life of wisdom would come crashing down in a sea of turmoil and cynicism and negativism. If Augur stopped right there, I would have to tell you as a pastor teacher, we're sitting here sailing through space. I don't know where we're going. We'll just have to hope that somehow, some way, that great ultimate being who did create this universe somehow will reach us. If Carl Sagan was here, he would stop right here and he would say, y'all, the most pressing need of our day is for us to try to tap into the beyond. We need to find some answers before we blow ourselves to kingdom come. We need to believe in science. We need to believe in our intellect. Maybe somehow we'll hear a message from beyond. I want you to stop and think. If there is an ultimate personal God, and man really needs to find out about him, would it stand to reason that that personal God would expect us to build the telescopes and the radio receivers and then try to figure out how that ultimate being might speak to us? 
You're going to read in science fiction. A lot of science fiction writers will try to tell you, boy, we need to try to find out what's out there. And man, it's going to be so hard for us to understand. Maybe they'll be speaking in some binary language that we don't really understand. Or maybe something so incredibly complex, it'll be impossible for us to understand it. I want you to just step back away from all that. If there really is an ultimate being, doesn't it make sense that he already knows about us? Who's really the brilliant one? Us or him? Or whatever it is. Huh? Who has superior knowledge? He does. Now just step back and think. In fact, if you become like little children, you'll understand really well. Doesn't it make sense if we need to hear him speak that he's the great one? He's the knowledgeable one. He's the one who knows all things. Wouldn't it make sense that he would talk to us. You know, brothers and sisters, one of the saddest realities on this planet today is that a lot of people think that God is silent, that God hasn't told us his name, and he hasn't told us the name of his son. And a lot of people feel that religion and beliefs about God are all up for grabs, and we can all just explore together. But I want to share with you from the bottom of my heart, please listen, they're wrong. They're wrong. Not because Dave Wurtzen says, but because God has spoken. Augur was not a cynic. He was just a wise man that knew through human speculation he could never get to know God. But in verse 5 he said, every word of God is flawless. It's a shield to those who take refuge in him. Don't add to his words or he will rebuke you and he'll prove you a liar. What is Augur saying? Listen to me, brothers and sisters, let's answer these questions. What is the name of God? You don't live in a world where God, that great ultimate beyond, stayed out there in his transcendence, stayed way out there where you couldn't reach him. He came to a man in the wilderness. The man had been out there for 40 years, 30 years, discouraged because he'd murdered a man in Egypt. And one day that man, a shepherd man, came to a burning bush. And our little kids could tell us the story, couldn't they? And what did the voice of the burning bush say? I am that I am. That's my name. You want to know the name of God? God told Moses his name. I am that I am. And that word Yahweh, the name of God, Yahweh means I am that I am, but it also means I am for you. I am the great ultimate God, the creator of Genesis chapter 1, the one who has the power to control the wind and knows all about the heavens and created the universe as you see it. But I care about the fact that my Israelite people in Egypt are being persecuted, and I'm going to raise up a deliverer. And God in the Old Testament scriptures spoke to his people again and again. In fact, he not only appeared, this great ultimate God, not only appeared to Moses, but he dwelled among the Israelite people in the Old Testament. Now you can throw all that out. You can say, oh, I don't really believe that. The Bible's full of fairy tales. How do you know that? Generations upon generations of people have found life through that word. 
The Jewish people built an entire nation around the reality that God revealed, thou shalt love me with all your heart. Thou shalt love your neighbor as yourself. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not commit adultery. God has told us his name. But brothers and sisters, they answer the question, who has gone up to the heaven and come down? Who has gathered the wind in the hollow of his hand? Who wrapped up the waters in his cloak? You know, the great ultimate God of the universe didn't just speak to us out of a thunder and lightning cloud on Mount Sinai. But approximately 2,000 years ago, that great ultimate God, in the person of his son, what's the name of God? What's the name of his son? An angel came to a virgin named Mary and said, you shall call his name Jesus. What's the name of his son? You shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. 2,000 years ago, there was a son that was born into this world. In John 17, he prayed, Father, soon I will return to you. Restore to me the glory that I had with you at the beginning. In John chapter 14, he talked to his group of intimate associates, and, he, and he's talked like this. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't have heart trouble. Don't worry. Disciples say, why not? Because in my daddy's house, there's many rooms. In God the Father's house, my daddy, there are many rooms. If that weren't so, I would, have, I would have told you. In fact, I'm going to go back. I will go back. And if I go back into my father's house, I'm going to make up a room for you. And then I'm going to come back and I'll receive you unto myself. Who is the one that ascended to the ultimate heavens beyond even the starry heavens? Oh, please understand this. You know what Jesus is claiming? You can say Jesus is out of his tree. You can say Jesus lost a few screws. But don't you ever tell me that you think he was a good teacher if you don't believe he was the son who came from beyond. Because that was one of the most fundamental things he claimed. And from the bottom of my heart, as I'm talking to you today, that's what really counts for me this morning. I need someone who came from out there. I could be out there in just a split second. Where am I going to go? How do I know I'm going to be safe? How do I know the kids that I brought into the world are going to be safe? Who has gone to the heavens and come down? And Jesus said to the world, in my Father's house, there's many rooms. I've been there. I've been in the heavens. What about the wind? One day in the Sea of Galilee, the seas were a tumultuous death threat. And the disciples were all uptight. They're saying, oh man, do something, Jesus, do something. He's sleeping in the boat. Boy, if you really care for us, you protect us. We're going to drown, save us. They shake him, he gets up. He quietly stands up in the back of a Galilean fishing boat. And the Sea of Galilee can just be torn into, into gales that, with waves 8, 10, 15 feet high. And Jesus looked at this raging sea and he said, be still. 
You know why he could do that? No other man that ever lived could do that. What's his name? What's the name of God? What's the name of his son? His name is Jesus. It's not hard for me scientifically to believe that Jesus could calm the waters. He said, Dave, how do you explain that? I don't. But it, it makes a lot of sense. He created it. I don't know a lot about electricity. I've confessed that. An expert does. Wally never gets, hardly ever gets shocked. Jesus would never get shocked. Because he understands everything there is to know about his creation. Jesus is the one that controls the wind. He controls the waters. And oh, I pray that every single one of you have come to the place in your life where you've put your faith, your confidence, not in human speculation, not in the great doctors of this world, but in the Son who became flesh and dwelt among us. Doesn't it make sense that the great ultimate being in the universe would send a message to us in a way that we could understand? Well, I want to share with you a reverent relationship with the Creator, with God. It's the beginning of a wise life. It's the beginning of knowledge. That's the motto of the book. You can't fear someone that you don't believe is there. Why should you believe God is there? Because in the person of his son, he came into this world and showed by his total control over nature that he was the son of God. He is the message from beyond. You don't have to have a radio telescope to understand it. You don't have to be a genius in mathematics. My little children sang it this week. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Every word of God is faultless. You know, there's two kinds of people. There's some people that are relying upon themselves, building your life on your own human speculation. Even as you sit here today, you compare what I say with other preachers say, to be honest with you, I don't really know a lot. I have a doctorate degree. Big deal. When it comes to a knowledge of God in my own human strength, I don't know anything. I don't know how to raise kids in my own human speculation. I don't know how to prepare for death. I don't have a lot of wisdom. But with this precious book, with this precious book, I have a flawless word. I'm going to build my life on it. And I'm going to reverence, I'm going to trust I'm going to believe in the God who reveals himself in this book and in the person of his son. What are you going to trust in? Who are you going to reverence? Who are you going to depend upon? Augur has taken us to the very end of human speculation. I trust with all my heart some of you will be humble enough to realize that you're not going to ever be wise enough. You don't have the capacity to answer the biggest questions. Where did you come from? Why are you here? Where are you going? Augur was a wise man who understood that man's human speculation could never answer those questions. I'm afraid that some of you kids out there are going to go away to university and you're going to think that you can find the answer to the riddle of life through human wisdom and knowledge. 
And oh, I would pray with all my heart that the Holy Spirit of God would open up your heart to receive the message of Agra, that you would realize that in your own human strength and that pride and that pride of intellect and that pride of your own personality, that you're going to be blind to the real truth. And I would pray with all my heart that every one of you would respond to the reality that Agur came to. Every word of the revealed revelation of God in the Holy Scriptures is flawless. That's why we've been studying Proverbs 30 today, because it's part of the inspired Word of God. And that inspired Word of God goes on from Proverbs 30 to tell us the name of the Son. Have you depended upon him? Some of you say, Dave, what does it mean to believe? What it means is to depend upon, to put your trust in. And I want to be sure as we continue the book of Proverbs that every one of you really are reverencing the Lord. You are building your life on him. You say, Dave, how do I do that? Why don't you say, Lord, I want to confess my pride to you. I want to confess to you my ignorance at thinking that I could know you through my own human speculation and intellect. I want to open my heart to what your holy revelation in the scriptures, the Holy Bible, what it teaches me about you. This morning I've learned that the name of your son is this one that I've heard so much about down through the years, Jesus of Nazareth. I want to confess that I believe that Jesus is the one that created the universe with you. I want to believe that he died on the cross of Calvary so that my sins, the penalty for my sin, could be washed away, could be made clean, could be bleached. I could be made forgiven. Will you say that in your heart? If you never really talked to Christ personally like that, that's what we mean by being a believer. It means to put your faith in what this son, Jesus, did for you on the cross. Then three days later, it tells us that this son of God did not remain dead. He came back to life. He rose again from the dead. He's alive. And because he's alive, he can come and dwell in your life. He can live in your life in the presence of his spirit. And that's not a feeling that you have. It's not an emotion that you have. It's a, it's a response to the Word of God. God promised if you'll open your heart, if you'll receive Him, if you'll depend upon Jesus, that He'll come into your life. He'll make you His child. Will you say, Jesus, I believe you rose again from the dead. I want you to come to live in my life. If you prayed those simple words with me, the Scripture teaches that you now know the name of the Son of God. With Augur, you've come to realize that the Word of God is flawless. And then you can go on with us as we study the book of Proverbs, and we can learn not about my wisdom, Dave Wirtz's wisdom, but we can learn together. You and I together as students in the school of wisdom can learn from God and from God the Son. But it all begins with this reverent relationship with God, whose name is Yahweh, and his son, whose name is Jesus.